Welcome back to the Troubleshooting Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Peters, my co-host, Craig Poston, where we talk about various topics, sharing our experiences on life and finances. What's up, man? What's going on? Hey, not much, man. Uh, I would say another week, but it is another week. Yeah. We just skipped a week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then we skipped like two. I think we skipped two. Oh, we skipped two. Yeah. Oh, see, look. Too many things happen. A lot. Yeah, our lives get really busy. But that's just life, right? Sometimes I've been always jumping. Sometimes I've been looking at it and I'm like, dude, what day is it? I'm like, how's it already Thursday? Yeah, no, exactly. That's why, you know, you know, we were just talking earlier about me organizing and cleaning up. And that's one of the reasons is try to get to get focused, like understand like this is what I'm working on right now. I, I I need to get directly on that instead of having all these things up in my brain. I was like, Oh, I need to do the garage, I need to clean my office, I need to I need to work on my CEUs. I need to, you know, all these things are popping up in my brain. And I was like, you know what? Let's just start tackling them, get organized so I can focus. Single focus is always, it works better, you know? I mean, I think, I think it's, there's like pros and cons to both. So like, uh, of course, you know, definitely have a single focus and, and getting stuff done type of mindset, but then being so busy that you kind of just like, they, you're, of course you're doing stuff. Like you're, you're just, busy yeah. just to be busy and you're not just, just like lollygagging while you're doing it. But like, you're so busy with life that, you know, you kind of forget like how time's kind of moving forward. Yeah. Cause like, so I know when, like when I was younger, that was like a good thing to do because like it'll distract you from like say if you have like personal problems right and like say like to me if you have personal problems then you're not busy enough um, yeah or if you got like real like i'm not saying like real like emotional problems but if like there's like just things that are bothering you then just make yourself busy like yeah there's no point in like wallowing in like the sadness or whatever it is in those in those emotions if you have stuff going on in life because you still have stuff to do yeah, no, I, I I do agree with that. And besides, if it like you said, if it's something truly emotional wrong with you, you're just covering it up with busyness. And then that I mean that's something that at one point will unpack itself. Yeah. So then yeah, you gotta like you gotta work on it. it at, I guess that's where that single focus is. Find out if that's a real problem. But if you're talking about like people showing up in your life causing drama, yeah. craziness, yeah. those type of problems, yeah, then I gotta understand being busy definitely puts that uh, you know at bay because you're like, well, I don't have time right now. We don't, you know. You want to argue? Maybe let's argue next month because yeah. I got way too much going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, I, when I feel like arguing, I'll argue with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, how's you know how, how's your properties doing? They're doing pretty good. Got like one more person moving in it May uh, next month. Yeah, so, uh, I got a handful of like leases fo- finishing up and <clears throat> at the end of July. So I have a few people kind of not necessarily lined up, but uh, looking to re up on their lease or. I have someone that's uh, looking to to lease after someone else is done. So yeah, uh, yeah just taking it a day at a time. You know, trying to learn more stuff. Try to get more capital for the next property or whatever next thing I'm trying to do. So yeah, it's just been a uh, just consistent consistent journey on stuff. No, no, it, exactly. Yeah, because that's one of the things. It's not always a fast process. It's got a more of a slow process. Yeah. Get, you know, and I realized that more recently because. So between my, my first property and my second property was about two to three years, I believe. Um, yeah. And I didn't realize like I had saved up that much capital to purchase like another property with like, a conventional loan and stuff. Um, yeah. And that it took those like couple years to do it. And now I'm like, I think I got into this, this high of like buying properties where I was like, you know, just, buy, just go buy another one. Right? Just go buy yeah. another one. And then, and then you realize, well, like, wait, I don't have the money to go buy another one right now. Like, at least yeah, comfortably, like to where like I could buy another property and then deal with the current properties and shit like that. Yeah, because um, you don't want to run too thin. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, like, oh, like, yo, slowly roll, bro. Like, come on, 
so I had to think that I got that high and I was like, I have to come back down from it. Um, uh, like a property junkie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get, get on your level to add some more in. I mean, the one that I have is now getting rented, rented out. Took a little bit. Also had a little squirrel event. <laughs> funny Cause he, he burrowed through the wall, yeah. which, you know, you know, the property manager I had, they didn't slow them down. They got it fixed and, and kept advertising and got people, you know, uh, people viewing the home, which was, uh, nice. And then finally got an update saying, oh yeah, we got somebody that's ready to, they're dropping a deposit today. And you know, and that they're going to be in there on the first, like, cool. This is awesome. Cause that means now I can start looking for the next one. Cause that was the only thing I was, that was my holdup. I mean, I might've been viewing homes, but I wasn't going to jump on anything until I heard the words. Okay. We got somebody that's moving in, yeah. you know, that's <laughs> a, so yeah, that's the next yeah, next thing for me is now I gotta decide the location. Uh if it's here in Texas or if it's gonna be in Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a because we'll say as part of someone that doesn't use a property manager, I will say like the initial like stressors are when of course like say if you're fixing up the property or whatnot. And yeah. And when you're like showing places that not it's not necessarily a stressor it's actually more of a stress reliever but the amount of people you have to like kind of go through and take through like applications just to make sure they're not like a, a bad tenant and stuff like and then you know when they initially move in you know when they find certain things that could be wrong that you may not have been paying attention to like when i had one moved in to the other property or to the other duplex um there's a problem with the ac and yeah i guess i didn't i didn't realize it when i was there like when I was doing like the repairs and stuff or, or uh, renovations, but yeah, and I was like, oh shoot! So I called like you know the AC people right away. They got out there like the next next morning. And they you know identified the problem. I had to go get the part, and yeah, they, they got it fixed within a week, I think. So yeah, but uh, it was just like one of those things. Um, and then on the other side of the of that property, there was like a problem with like the plumbing, not plumbing, uh, with the shower head. Uh, I don't know how. Uh, well versed you were into like showers and stuff but in, in a shower where the uh, nozzle is there's a thing called a mixing valve the mixing valve is what allows yeah. it to go between hot and cold water properly as in like uh, yeah if you've ever been like older showers like sometimes it would get really cold or really hot like there's not a great in between so, yeah. so that was happening there and i was like okay this sounds like it's just the mixing valve so i went out there and i fixed it but yeah, no, I mean, those are, those are like the main things here. And the other ones, like, nah, nothing much. I mean, nothing much initial, like, problems happen. Like, you know, of course, that, that pipe leak at the other place, that kind of blew. But, you know, I, I was able to get that taken care of. I think that's about it. Oh, the, the most recent stressor was at this under, at the unit right next to us, the mail keys that you're supposed to get from, like, USPS. Yeah. Uh, they didn't come in. And I was, like, going there, like, once a week for, like, a month. Yeah. And I had ordered them back in, like, February. And... And I kept going back and they just, they never got them until like this past week. And I was like, holy crap. Like that was, that was a long time to not have it out. But what's crazy is that there wasn't much mail in there. I was like, okay, that's weird. Uh, Cause I know there's definitely stuff being set there. Yeah. No, that's uh no, that's pretty cool. Uh, right, well, no, not, not that the key thing, but uh, pretty cool that you're adventured at all the things that you're finding. Yeah. Yeah. Those are just like tip of the iceberg, man. Yeah. No, no. It, I mean, but that, 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 that's life. And that's the adventure of like, uh, being an investor, like nothing's going to be perfect. Yeah. You just got to be able to adjust to it. No, I think that it, the biggest lesson is to learn is that, uh, when other, some people will say like real estate investing is uh passive, it's really not like not in the initial portions. It's not fa- uh, passive. It, you have to be very active with it in the, in the beginning and the, 
beginning stages until you can get like a good rhythm. Um, especially if you don't have a property manager, that's, that's definitely not passive. But yeah, no, I will say like now, like those properties are, are fairly passive. Like I'll check in on them every once in a while, or maybe they'll shoot me a text, uh, every so often about something. But right now I'm just like collecting checks at this point. Yeah. I mean, and well, I mean, well, a pro- property manager, it's not completely passive. I mean, you can make it that way, but it's suggested that you still make contact with your property manager. Yeah, ask them questions. Uh, ask them how things are going. Uh, also, like I asked the question, what's the best area to buy in next? You know, so uh, so I'll uh, have an idea where to start looking. You know, and uh, and I got the response back. It was uh, it was several different zip codes in the area to go look at, uh, and I would later on get with my real estate agent and figure out all right you know to adjust the element uh mla because she she sends me links like every every day pretty much because i'm added to her her thing uh listings i see all of them pop up yeah and it's actually uh pretty cool that you know she hadn't turned that off on me yet so but i did tell her i was gonna buy another one (laughs) so yeah i do like that that, Uh, that, real estate agents will kind of keep up some of your listings your mls searches um yeah so you know you can be more cognizant of like, you know, what's going on. Even if you're like not in the market, you can still kind of see like how the market is going as in like, see a listing that they send you, you can kind of, uh, analyze what area it's in, especially if you have a property in that area. Yeah. And like, say if, say if you're not in the market, but other people in the market and you'll see like how quickly it's sold or how quick or how long it's been on the market for, for whatever reason. And you're like, oh, well, I wonder what, why that is the way it is. Like, why did it go by so quickly? Is it? Like just like yeah, the only area with like no problems, uh, or if it's been on there for a while, like maybe they had you know foundation problems, maybe they had like uh, AC problems that they still need to take care of. So you know a lot less uh, buyers are are going for it. Or you, you learn like the cyclical portions of, of real estate, as in like you know during this time frame, like say winter time frame, people aren't selling as much, right? Or people yeah. aren't uh, or buying as much, I should say. And then like you know as it hits the warmer seasons, like like summer time frame, you know, people are buying up like crazy, right? Especially if you live in like a military town, like here in San Antonio, um, you know, PCSing, you know, uh, during the summer time frame is fairly common, right? So like how many people are selling their houses and, and buying their houses military wise. So you know, it's just good things to like note or have mental notes. About. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, man. Uh, so this week our topic is trust, but verify. Yeah. Which, you know, all of us, you know, should have some trust, but verify information, you know, that people give us. Because yeah, yeah, because you never know if they, you know, talking out of the ass or if, uh, or actually, they're legitimate, telling us good information, but they missed a piece, right? Yeah. You know, they might have missed some something that was said that actually might have been vital to what we needed. Yeah. You know? But but going back behind them, uh, not necessarily that we didn't trust them. Is that maybe we need to understand it a little bit better? Right? Yeah. Uh, is that kind of like what you were? Getting? Yeah, yeah. And I think a good example, like, about kind of going based off what you said, where someone says something but they miss a piece, right? And yeah. Not, now I'm not religious or anything, but like a portion uh, of a verse in the Bible is that is money is the root of all evil, right? But yeah. a lot of people quote that it's actually misquoted a lot, and the actual quote or more to the quote is that the love of money is the root of all evil. That is it. Yeah, it's not money itself is what is what is evil. It's how much you enjoy having the money, or how attached you are to the money is what can't be. Yeah, evil. and I think that was a, a great example of like the trust but verify type of thing. 
Yeah. No, that's <laughs> that, that's a good way to end, uh, to start it out too, because the love of money. Yeah, I guess that would be the root of all evil. Because think about it: if you neglect your family, neglect your friends, you know, neglect other things in your life, you know, your marriage, that because all the, the love that you have for money and not the fact that what the money can do for you. Yeah, they might agree to that for it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a great point, man. A good a good way to start it out. Yeah. And uh uh I think it's for how you look at trust but verify some of the things like back back in the day, right? They didn't have internet because I think we were talking about this earlier. You know, if my dad gave me a piece of information, you kinda almost have to just go with it, right? You can't I can't I can't like truly verify like, okay, what he said is true or does he have it confused with something that happened in his life? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) so it was like, you know, yeah, he was giving out valid information, but it may not work for me because it, you know, the, the way the information was received. Right. Or if it was like, like I said, missing a piece or something of the sort. Or, and some people when they give advice, they give their own like uh, anecdotal experience to it as yeah. in say for someone that doesn't want to uh, or say you tell someone uh, especially like your parents like hey i'm gonna go invest in real estate and they're like oh well you know what happened in 08 you know a lot of, a lot of people <laughs> lost their properties you know what happened to Dave Ramsey yeah. like he over borrowed and he messed up himself right and stuff like that yeah. Yeah. and I, I think that's part of it where like that, that's true right like all those those anecdotal evidence is true like people did lose their houses in 08 like Dave Ramsey you know was great in real estate and then he kind of went a little overboard with borrowing. But if you look at, you know, regular statistics, like the actual evidence about it, you know, there's people that also made a lot of money in 08. Yeah. And, and you know, people that took, you know, Dave Ramsey's advice or, or looked at his, what went wrong with his, they now incorporated it into their strategy on like what not to do, right? Like don't yeah. ever borrow, you know, maybe just go for properties that you can get with like a, a conventional loan or you can have, initial equity in, right? Stuff like that. Yeah. So I think, I think, you know, there's good and bad with, with people that give that evidence. And, and like we said earlier, it seems to be a lot of, like a lot of older or like the older generation where they kind of just, they just give their advice. Right. And they, yeah. Uh, but there's no one there to really like, I guess, go back behind them and validate it. At least not before. Yeah. The yeah. Cause I mean, anyone can make mistakes. It's not that someone is a liar. You do have some liars. <laughs> like it's not, it's not that you know the person that you're talking to is a liar. It just the information might have just been mis you know miscommunicated. You know? And that's and hey, and that's why if I I give advice, I always go like, well, you can always check. You can go back behind me. I'm okay with it you know? because all you're gonna do is make me more accurate. Because if you come back and tell me, oh yeah, yeah, what you said was right, but you missed this part right here. Uh, hey, I'm good with that. Yeah. You you just you just help me out. Yeah. So. And I think a, a part of it is that yeah, you may trust the person like through and through but i think verifying it, it helps both people or both parties as in yeah you know i trust you i trust you you know wholeheartedly but is there something that we could have improved on is there something better that could have been done all right don't just say that because i think if you just say oh yeah i trust you that there's no there's no real feedback about it there's no way to say that hey this is great but here's like a, a something to to grow from right and like you should have you know, change the configuration this way or could have updated it in a certain format, whatever it is. Yeah. 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 So I guess the, our point here, uh, I don't know if you want to read it, like how, where it came from, the the whole idea of trust, uh, trust, but verify. Yeah. So at least, so I'll kind of talk about where I got it from. I got it from the military. 
uh, like very early on, that was like something that uh, some of the chiefs uh, taught was trust but verify. As in, yeah, trust what we say, trust what your command says, um, but you know, verify for your own, verify their opinion with actual facts. And you know, so for example, like if there's certain uh, rules and regulations on uniform, right? And some people may tell you different things, but if you look at the actual uh, admin, or we call it like the nab admin or the, the regs for, let's say, uniform as a, like a very basic example, now there's certain things you can wear in uniform. Like say if it's accessories, you can wear a certain amount of rings, earrings, whatever it is or, uh, for females. Like some people will even be as strict as like the color of socks you can wear, right? Now, you know, someone could tell you those things, but you should also check the regulation for yourself so that you're you're actually following it by the book and then you could then inform other people like this is what it is by the book and this is what I'm referencing. Yeah. No, that's uh yeah. No, no. So it's the same thing for Army too. That that same idea. They same same saying, trust but verify. Because one, it makes a person more of a fisher instead of a person that just always receives. Like uh, you know, hey, I I'm just I was too lazy to go get the information. But if you go like you teach them how, hey, this is where I'm grabbing this information from. You can go read it at any point in time because you may interpret it in a different way than I do. Uh, it's the same thing. I guess it makes a, I won't say it, yes, it it makes a better leader, right? So if a leader is like upfront, honest, hey, this is how, you know, I know this information. This is, I did this right here and this is where I got it from. Or, or they say, hey, I think, yeah, you know, or it makes the leader fish for information also because they go like, okay, well, I'm, I'm lacking at this point on the information. I'm going to go research this for you. I'm going to come back with this information and I'm going to tell you where I got it. From. Yeah. And, and so you, you just made both parties, as you say, better in this situation. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. Uh, and like kind of going with the point. So uh, the trust but verify is a, is a concept that involves placing trust in others while also verifying their actions to ensure that they are meeting their commitments, expectations. The phrase is often associated with Ronald Reagan, who used to, Use it to describe his approach to negotiating with the Soviet Union during the Cold War. Yeah, so that was new to me because I didn't know that information. But uh, also, that's one of the things uh, when I was looking up an article for myself, I, I did notice that talking about that yeah. that information. Ronald Reagan was uh, yeah. you know, really there. It was like a Russian proverb or something that he kind of coined during the Cold War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I guess the next point is uh, at its core. Trust but verify is about balancing trust with accountability. It acknowledges that trust is essential in any relationship or partnership, but also recognize that trust can be fragile and needs to be reinforced through ongoing verification and communication. And in practice, trust but verify. Oh, my bad. <laughs> you you also put yeah, a <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. That was my fault. My fault. But uh yeah, continue to read on. Yeah. But uh yeah, so you got uh like there's a, a little sub sub points yeah. in this also. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the ones we'll kind of cover it, I'll kind of just run through them real quick. So trust but verify means, you know, establishing clear expectations, providing autonomy, monitoring progress, providing feedback, and adjusting expectations. It was kind of what we were kind of talking about just a second ago, where yeah, you know, that feedback loop is, is really integral just for work in general, because I think it, it builds a better product or service of what you're doing uh, because I feel like if you're not receiving feedback, then you're kind of just going to do what you want to do or continue to do what you're doing. And it may not be the proper way and it may not be the best way to do it. I know. And uh, 
So with the the article I picked, right, it's an older article, uh, just had me, you know, go through Google and I was like, oh, this caught my attention, right? So this is from the Harvard Business Review. Uh, uh, this The article was actually called Trust But Verify, uh, and it's by the author Gardner Morse. Sorry if I messed up the name. <laughs> but yeah, as, as they wrote this article, they were talking about a, a professor from uh, Washington University in St. Louis. And this professor, he surveyed like 71 self-managed teams of MBA students to measure uh, their levels of trust, self-monitoring, and autonomy within them. Mm. And then as, uh, I guess, as they, uh, as he expected from this, that some of the work fell off. Like, you know, it's a good thing to have trust amongst team members, but uh, they found that, you know, as they trusted each other so much <laughs> that they didn't verify the work that they, anyone was doing, uh, they tended not to monitor one another, right? Uh, as a result, a relatively low awareness of each other's activities, which affected performance. Uh, and probably by hampering processes and coordination. As all the teams we have, right, uh, having that kind of level of like uh, checks and balances, balances, you know, which in an IT, you definitely need that, right? Because you don't want to give out bad code. Uh, if someone uh, puts out something, just like, hey, it did this. It works like you said, but it did this little thing right here. What does that mean? Or is that a way we can solve this problem? You know, and with, with all that, you it also creates a, better product right yeah. if you're giving giving something to someone and this is the product they asked for you gave them what they asked for but now you're giving them a better product by having someone go back behind you check what's going on uh which we we notice that a lot but what we do uh in it yeah. by running through multiple systems uh multiple times we have all these different checks to let it, to let the next group know hey this is what i found this this does this and maybe we should change it all you know all those good things yeah no i definitely agree with that because so from the from the tech lead perspective and what i've uh been doing on dev is that i uh i incorporate what's known as a, a qa process or a quality assurance process um and the reason why and it goes back to like some of the historical stuff of, of work but a few years ago we would get releases uh or patches for the system and either the instructions would be bad or things wouldn't be spelt out clearly. Like there, there would have to be like a lot of logical leaps you would have to take when you're going through these uh, patches. Um, yeah. And what we wanted to, what I wanted to minimize was those logical leaps and those like expectations of knowledge that people had or, or didn't have, I should say. And so what I would do is that I would go back to the development teams. I was like, hey, this release or patch, it wasn't bad necessarily. Like it, it was successful, but we had to infer a lot of this knowledge to to get it to work. So if you, and here's like my feedback, like this is like, uh, well, during these steps, you could have done this, this, and this, or you could have added a little bit more detail here. Uh, so at least for, for our teams, I, I started that uh, program to where we, we have a developer, they finish everything, you know, they do their, their code, their documentation, whatever it is. Um, we have testers that test their uh, code or the expectation of the code. And then we have like a security team that does all that. But then I added like that additional process where an engineer uh, comes behind them and integrates it into the system before releasing it to the customer. Because like I said, they'll they'll go through the checklist to where, you know, do these steps make sense? Can I, uh, do I really have to guess what to do next or what this actually means? Do they spell it out properly? And, you know, of course, does the product work as designed? 
Um, but even certain things like, you know, timing, right? Timing could be very integral as in when you're an integrator on a, on a live system, you don't necessarily have all the time in the world. So if you're going by what the documentation says and you're asking for X amount of time on the system and it, for some reason goes over, uh, you now have to explain yourself on why it went over. Like, was it you? Was the release? Um, if it was the release, why did the developers identify that? Yeah. So there's a lot of things in, that I try to account for with the, the quality assurance portion of, of releases or of patches. And, and that's like, that was my like type of trust, but verify, like, you know, I, I trust these developers like wholeheartedly. I know they are very smart people. I know they know the system. Yeah. I know they know their code, but I don't think they have the correct mindset of when they're writing these checklists or when they're providing these checklists on from an engineer's perspective, because for anyone that has worked with like developers and engineers is that they have two different mindsets where one is very like process oriented to the point where I need everything to be spelled out. And the other one is like, well, this is how I got it to work. And I may not have to explain everything to you because I already got it to work. So. Yeah, but like like we keep like harping on that that feedback loop is what really uh, helps build uh, a better product and better service for for our customers. Yep. Yeah. So that's yeah the main takeaway is that that feedback loop uh, because by again we trust because we know everyone is smart. You don't get to your position or to that point because you're not intelligent, right? It's the fact that you you have to understand that someone will have to come back and check your work to make sure that. Hey, this works exactly as how you said it. And it's supposed to do exactly what you said it's going to do, which, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, you know, with our you know field, we know if you're working on multiple systems and they're, and they're not exactly the same. And even if they were exactly the same, you could possibly something could be different in there, which causes an issue. So we have to always go back and say, Hey, no, this would happen because of this or whatever. Right. You have to do a little research, but <laughs> Yeah, you know, and then uh, kind of going through the, those points I was talking through. So establishing clear communications or clear expectations, yeah. my apologies. It uh, states to clearly communicate your expectations to others and make sure they understand what is expected of them. I think that's very powerful and very, uh, very good lesson to learn because if you, I think a lot of people make bold assumptions of or to be complete, because like you said, we, we do work with like a lot of smart people. So maybe we say if you're if you're a lead you kind of assume that they know what uh the customer wants okay so say if the customer wants you know like a pretty button or that or, or something that functions in a different way and we kind of just take their their word of mouth from it without properly identifying you know what is it what they want uh what is the the acceptance criteria for this feature that they want is it really the button like is that what they want or is it something else like is it some sort of feedback that they need from from the button or is there uh, some sort of indicator or is there information that they need from the system that this quote unquote button would help them fix? And I think if you were to dive more into it and, and get that uh, proper communication through, it would of course set up the user's expectation like, hey, this is what I actually want from the system. It then gets communicated to the people that make the decisions, right, to the management office or to the, the leadership and then that would then come down to the developer in a proper funnel of information to where everyone is on the same page, like no one is in disagreement. And maybe you have to go back and forth a little bit to to pull the actual information. But in the end, it's it's all concise. Everyone understands what's going on and they realize like what is the end goal for this 
feature. Yeah, and uh, the next one, uh, providing autonomy, allows others freedom to carry out responsibilities in their own way without micromanaging, which is, uh, which, you know, that's a good thing. That helps people grow, right? Yeah. Then uh, having a little bit of freedom uh, to, un like, we will go with the releases, right? So with us carrying out our job to actually go in, make sure it, it installs properly. But in the process, you get to learn more information about it because you may have to research, research a piece of it because you, yeah, you might want to know how it actually works. But like having someone not stand over you and say, no, do it exactly like this in this way. And we're hoping it is good. It does exactly the same thing. <laughs> so like having a little bit of freedom to kind of explore a little bit, actually to me, you know, as see a toolkit, uh, I, I've learned a new command. I've learned a new type of operating system. I've, you know, I've learned uh, a new scripting language, something, right? Yeah. And that's how I see it with, you know, not micromanaging people over their making sure that they do exactly what is told of them. Yeah. So. Uh, and I think like kind of going back to say if we're talking about the releases or patches that you have enough trust in the developer and whoever provided to you those checklists to where it should work like anywhere I do this or any system that I have this on, it should work the same. Uh, as in like they did all the due diligence, they, you know, nature of those commands work, whatever it is to where I don't have to ad hoc anything right now to get it to work. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always hopefully because yeah. <laughs> IT is strange. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. And then I think, you know, autonomy specifically, I think, uh, that's one of the like the good and bads about the military as in there's not a lot of autonomy in the military. Especially at like the lower levels of like enlisted and stuff, uh, because you know it, 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 the military is supposed to be like this this well oiled machine to where you can plug and play anyone, and they should just be able to fall in line and do whatever the job is to to make the overall uh, system work, right? Or the the system of the military work, which is which is good because then, like I said, there's a lot of cohesion, there's a lot of uniformity and in operations for the military, but uh, I think it does stunt growth. Yes. For people. Yes. Uh, because they're they're too not necessarily too by the book. There, there's nothing wrong with being too by the book. There is something wrong with being by the book and only being by the book. As in, you yeah. want to be by the book as much as you want you or as much as you can, but you also want to. Right, and we keep saying this feedback. Feedback is like one of the biggest things to where this, there is something that could be done better. Like times have changed, things have updated. You need to update those uh systems and processes that you have in place to make sure one you're not falling behind the rest of the, the world right so say if you're running the if you're running the military like we were in the 1800s then there's something wrong right as in there's so much more information out there there's so many more improvements that that have been since that uh that you could incorporate now and it it may break a few of those processes, but I think it would improve more than it would break. Yeah. No, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I, I remember after coming off active duty, I think one of my issues, because I was so used to following instructions, uh, having that freedom to think outside the box, I had to grow I had to grow that back. <laughs> uh, because uh, sometimes if you, you'll, so say if you start a new job, right? You Sometimes you expect everything to be exactly, hey, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to do this next. And then, but then in reality, it's not like that outside of the military. They they give you a link 
and they tell you where to go research and then you can you can go uh somewhat figure it out on your own uh besides the you know the initial parts of like starting with the company right yeah. you like you you gotta that's the policy you know whatever their policies are yeah you have to follow those so that part is given to you but then like like when it comes to your job being a free thinker learning how to like come up with new ideas to to accomplish whatever task is given to yeah yeah, yeah so that that was something i had to relearn back when i uh came off active duty uh, yeah and then going into our, the the next part is uh monitoring progress so uh, really check in with others to assess their progress and ensure that they are on track to meet their commitments you know i, I definitely like doing this uh for me personally i do like a lot of one-on-ones for for a few teams of course for for my team for two others i try to check in with some of their members and you know making sure that they're first making sure that their needs are taken care of and to see if they if they have any uh, inquiries about growth whether that's you know in that specific position um in the company and in IT in general, like what, what do they feel they are not as knowledgeable on and what could grow them, especially like, uh, so like a lot of the ones I do are for engineers. So, uh, I give them, uh, not necessarily all the same feedback, but if they wanted to grow in a certain way, like say if they wanted to become like a infrastructure infrastructure automation type thing, I would point them to like some Ansible courses that we would do if there's something that they're not doing well, like, uh, you know, say some of them aren't as readily available as we would need them to, or they're not responding within a, a proper amount of time to like tasks that they've been assigned or to people that need help from them because it was something that they were dealing and they broke something for whatever reason. I think those are, that, that's the typical feedback I would give them and helping them monitor their progress so that, uh, you know, we have performance evaluations, uh, at least for the company, and I would just post them up on on that just so that they can look at it to see you know from a six month period from a three month or from a year time period uh this is what i was struggling with and this is what uh, i've been improving on and it shows within these uh short little feedbacks that i've been getting yeah yeah definitely uh check-in does uh make you better and then yeah like you said it sends uh puts you in a where you would like to go all right like you said you had someone that wanted to get into something different uh, yeah, you actually being put in the right position actually makes you a, successful at being with the company or makes you successful at doing your job properly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause uh, that's the one thing you never want to be in something you don't want to do. I mean, yeah, you can, you know, get through it. You Not for do, too long. Do what you have to do. Yeah, exactly. Cause you, you run into burnout. Yeah. Uh, cause yeah. Cause that's uh, that's, that's kind of like working out of, outside of your, your zone for too long. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which isn't bad. I mean, like, you can work outside of your zone. But like I said, or like we said, uh, how long can you do that? Right. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, sometimes there's benefits to it. So, for example, if there's a job that you may not like, but it provides a good decent amount of income for you. Yeah. Uh, and what I would do is, like, you know, yeah, definitely, you know, focus on your job, but make sure you're also making personal moves to get into a job that you actually do enjoy, but could also provide around the same amount of income or maybe more income for you. Yeah, exactly. All right. And then uh, your next one, uh, providing feedback. Provide honest feedback on performance, both positive and negative, to help in- reinforce good behavior and correct mistakes, which, yes, also kind of falls in line with the monitoring progress, right? Because you'd be giving feedback about what, you, what you've what you done, the good things you've done, and the bad things you've done. It also it creates a better person. 
or better employee or or, or or whatever, whatever you're trying to get into, it makes you better. Yeah. I will say I'm one of those people, I might just be a douche, uh, but I'll point out like a lot of negative stuff first <clears throat> and like feedback and sometimes I'll forget to point out the positive things. And the reason why is yeah. one of the things that I kind of live by is that I, I don't clap for fish that swim because you know that's what they're supposed to do. So why would I now celebrate the things that they're supposed to do? Um, and, I, and I've seen like a lot of, not a lot of shows, but a handful of shows or uh, maybe movies that kind of harp on it where uh, see if there's someone that, you know, holds up, holds uh, the door open for, you know, one person or like a handful of people. Like, should you really be giving them a gold star? Like, is that really like a, a big um, feat to where now they, they're celebrated for doing that? Yeah, I, I personally don't think so, but. No, I think it's the personality. It, it, you, I think as you get to know whoever it is that you you counsel or your employee that you do reviews with or whatever, I think it's learning the personality. And you feel out, realize that uh, some people do need a hand clap mm-hmm. to keep going, and uh, you know some people some people don't. Right? Some people are like no, don't don't celebrate until you, you know I've done something good. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I get like that sometimes. I'm like, I'm glad you you appreciate me, but. What have I really done? Yeah. Right, I'm 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 like that. I'm I want to see that I made a real impact in someone's life or in uh, my job before I get my hand clapped. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that because then I think it's because we have very similar personalities as in we're very high supportive people. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean, it's great that we did all those things, but that's you know part of our job, right? Like we we did those things, not necessarily like out of the like we were going to do those things anyways. Like, it's not like you had to celebrate me for me to continue to do those things. Yeah, exactly. And, but, you know, I, I do agree that there are people that they kind of need that additional encouragement or they need that 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 validation that, hey, yes, you are doing something correct. And here's you know, here's the actual example of, of you doing something proper. And I think that kind of can, like, fizzle out at some point, as in, you know, how much stuff can you really congratulate them on until it's like, oh, thanks for waking up this morning, or thanks for showing up to work. But <laughs> and and that's just like my stance on it. As it, you really didn't do anything above what you were required to do. So why am I now trying to celebrate you for it? Yeah, again, I think it's just it's the personality. You gotta, it. Uh, I guess once we get to a point where we own a, a a company that has you know hundreds of people or thousands of people, and then you you know we would have to look more into something like that where, you know, some people need, need their hand clap every day. And some people don't, you know, some people, you know, some people like awards, some people don't, some people uh, prefer extra cash. You know, some people like, no, give me more time, uh, education. Yeah. Yeah, Or time off or, you know, yeah. They're like, give me something else, you know? So it's just over time, you know, something that you would learn if you're, you have employees under you. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. Uh, and the last point for this is uh, adjusting expectations. Be willing to adjust your expectations and course correct if needed, based on the results of uh, verification and feedback. Uh, and I think that's true. Like you said, you know, as you learn the people's personalities, and as you get to, as you're providing these feedbacks to these people, you'll see that not everyone grows in like a linear fashion. Um, I don't think anyone grows in linear fashion, but uh, as in, not everyone grows in the same same type of uh, course to where like, say what uh, you could give the same feedback to three people and maybe one person will excel at that feedback. Right. But 
you could give, you know, a different feedback to them and they would all, it would adjust to like how the person is. So say if I told someone to go, Hey, go, you know, watch this video on Ansible and this will make you a little bit better. You know, all of them could watch the video, but they may not process it the same way. So only one would probably really incorporate what they learned. Um, where if, you know, say if you sat down with the other two people and you kind of show them, you know, here's how it's working. Here's like how I found it. This is, you know, if you see this again, you know, do this and you'll kind of, you know, make the logical jumps or you'll see the process and you'll kind of learn from that. Uh, and I think that that's, uh, that, that can be said for a lot of things, not just necessarily like your professional life, but like say, even if you're, you know, a parent, right. You can't necessarily parent both kids the same or, or however many kids you have the same because, you know, age differences, their knowledge gap may be different. Uh, but yeah, what's your kind of take on that? No, no, I, no, I, I agree with you. It's, it's pretty much figuring out what the, what personality you're dealing with and then how, so say if they're not uh, super motivated, right. Then, you know, you got to dial back some of the, the, the goals that you have for them. Yeah. Right. So you're like, all right, maybe we should give them one goal per per session, but uh, so they'll make sure they hit it versus like giving them several goals. And then you realize that they, you know, they, they, it's overwhelming to them. Yeah. It's like some people are super motivated. Some are, they're, they're ready to go. Like, hey, no, give me more because I want to learn more. So I learn more about my job if you give me more goals. Like, I want to get to your level, you know, not stay at the same level I'm at, I'm at you know. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, Definitely uh, just an expectation because, I mean, uh, as when I was in the military, when you counsel somebody, you definitely got your different levels. Someone cares about their education. You got another one that just cares about, like, surviving day to day. Right. Yeah. So you, you, just, you just have to, like, give them what helps them best for whatever goal they do have. Yeah. And that's another thing, too, trying to pull goals out of out of people to figure out what they, what, what do you want to do? You know? Yeah. No, I agree. And then to the, kind of finish this up. So overall, trust but verify is a balance between trust and accountability. It allows individuals and organizations to build strong relationships based on mutual trust, while also ensuring that the commitments are met and expectations are understood and respected. So yeah. then, and I'm glad I pulled this because this is definitely it's definitely helping me, you know, identify some stuff. We're kind of going through it, and uh, I, I definitely enjoy this kind of concept, the, the trust but verify concept. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, again, it makes a stronger team, which uh, the the closing statement did says that the thing is, is like some people feel as they get hurt, yeah. but the the thing is, uh, you know, we're all adults, you know, and uh, if there are uh, kids out there listening, this is what you're gonna aspire to be is and you know, a knowledgeable, respectful adult, right? That learns how to deal with different personalities and learns how to grow with teams and to help excel or yeah, help them excel and as you excel in life. Right. Yeah. All right, man. I guess we get down to our frugal achievements. All right. So this one I was just, uh, I was thinking about because I'm, I mean, I know I've talked about my lawnmower before where I've like worked on it or whatever, but I, I you know, I went on and it's, it, Got a little risky. Uh, I had somebody. I hired somebody to do my lawn care, <laughs> and now I'm trying to decide what I'm gonna do with the lawnmower for right now. The ideal I had was to repurpose it as a go kart to have fun with my kids. So the statement I have here is repurpose, reuse, then throw away. <laughs> and in some cases, you might not have to throw away. You might be able to sell it if you repurpose it just right. But that's that's what <laughs> that's how I came up with this idea. Uh, 
What do you what do you think of that one? Uh, I think for the lawnmower, it's pretty good. But I think you know if you use it with like underwear, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you could reuse underwear. I mean, it's odd, right? You could just go ahead and cut them up and use them as cleaning, uh, yeah. uh, cleaning rag. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, because uh, I think the good part is that you know you caved and got someone to do your lawn. Uh, yeah. Which you know, I think is there, there's a lot of a thought that kind of has to go into it, especially for like you and I, where especially if you're like more on the frugal side, as in, man, like, is it really, is it really worth getting like a lawn mowing service to just so I have like, let's say like 50 minutes of like extra time to do. And I think, you know, you, you can do like whatever justification you want for your side, but I think overall it does help because one, you're, you're probably hiring someone that's probably better than you at mowing the lawn or, or taking care of the lawn, right? So they, they probably have a better understanding of, you know, well, this type of grass grows well, and, you know, these are weeds. This is how I take care of that, um, stuff like that. And then, and then of course, the time, the time commitment that it takes you to at least just do, like, just mow the lawn, right? Let's say you're, like, not edging or anything, and it takes you, like, you know, 35, 45 minutes to just to mow the lawn. And you may not be as detail-oriented as someone that you may have hired to do the job. Yeah, no, they... Oh, they they went through quick. I didn't even know they were at the house. I think they moved so quick. Uh, my ring didn't even catch. No, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they edged everything, made everything look clean, um, cut the front and backyard. And I, I mean, knocked it all out. I mean, and then also I have really bad allergies here. Yeah. So it, that actually saved me that. And also I was able to take the time I would normally take to cut the grass to start working on something else I needed to do for a while, which was like clean the garage and organize my tools you know so next year hire- yeah <laughs> what was that you're gonna hire someone to do though <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's why yeah i need someone to organize my tools all right i keep messing them up you know but then i, I guess then at that point i'll just get to a point where i just take my cars to dealerships all the time like, so that's what i was thinking my dealer. that's what i was thinking yeah it's <laughs> like so get rid of my tools no man i enjoy working on cars that's pretty fun uh so that's what, yeah, that's why I do all my little low maintenance stuff. Sometimes I do some heavy maintenance, but like mostly low maintenance, like oil chains, you know, uh, brake pads, brake pads, you know, which that can, that could be medium to somebody because you still got to take the wheels off and everything. No. And it, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Spark plugs. Like though, you know, some of the things are really easy cause it sits on top of the engine. No, some hasn't taken or like remove a lot of stuff to get to it. Yeah. yeah so I only do those as like, that was the project. That was the plan from the beginning. But like, if it's a, like our, I'll take my wife's car, right? It's newer or whatever. The, the plan is not to get under that thing and do a lot of work. It's to change the oil and, it, you know, it, have her on her way. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like a dealership, man. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Give me a car. I'll take it. and I get the hell out of my face. <laughs> she's ready to go to the store I'm trying to make sure she gets there so alright alright everyone thank you for listening this is Craig and Jay signing off the Troubleshoot Light Podcast we'll see you next week please like and subscribe see y'all next week